Hey guys, this is Jason David Frank, the Green Ranger, and you are listening to a Locked On Spurs with Jeff Garcia. It's Morphin' Time. You are Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. Enjoyment isn't the end game, it's the whole game. And at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories, it's only worth it if you enjoy it. Hey, welcome back to Locked On Spurs. Right here on the Locked On NBA Network, I am your host, as always, Jeff Garcia, San Antonio Spurs writer. Uh, TGIF, hope you're having a great uh, Friday, end of the work week, and have some great plans ahead for you this weekend. What are we doing today? We are bringing on a, a fan once again for another fan episode. It's going to be a little different. Instead of getting the pulse of the fan base, we're going to be talking about a couple of things that the fan actually uh, brought up. And uh, I thought that was actually, you know, pretty good topics to discuss on a fan episode right here on Locked On Spurs. Yes, it's going to be about the Spurs young core, in particular, Lonnie Walker, Keldon Johnson. Uh, Keldon Johnson with select team LW4, well, you'll hear what the fan has to say, and a lot more. And who is it? It is none other than Danny Sanders once again. Danny, welcome back to Lockdown Spurs. Thanks again for having me on. I appreciate it. Definitely uh, always a good time to talk to you and good time to talk about Spurs, especially as we, uh, we're, we're heading into the dog days of the NBA, even though we yes, have sir. the NBA Finals going on. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. It is the dog days, at least for the Spurs offseason. The good news is is that there is at least Team USA with Pop and the select team with KJ. But it, it seems to me, you know, just real briefly before we dive into this, Lucas Samanich, y'all still talking about him? I, I see that on social media that <laughs> he's still a, a topic. Now what's going on with him? What are they fighting about now? Well, you know, Spurs Twitter always has a uh, has has a, an issue that they're fighting about, and I think yesterday uh, we kind of summarized it because someone had asked me, why, "Why do you always have hate for Luca, Danny?" And you know what? It's not even it's not even about Luca the person. I mean, he he seems like a great guy. I mean, he seems like a good time. Whatever. Uh, I'm sure at some point, hopefully, we'll be able to kind of see him on the court, see his ability mm-hmm. on the court. But the way I summarized it was this. Um, it's not so much Luca the player that I resent. It's what Luca represents. And um, what, I, what I had posted was, let's take us back to 2011, the draft mm-hmm. 2011. Of course, we all remember that draft because uh, we traded George Hill for Kawhi Leonard, essentially. And we selected Kawhi Leonard, I think, with a 14th or 15th pick. But... Not a lot of people remember or think about uh, we had two first-round picks that, uh, that right. year, uh, essentially. Uh, Corey Joseph we selected with a 29th pick, but the very pick right after that was Jimmy Butler. And I basically said, look, I mean, <laughs> the Spurs today look a whole lot different um, if they had selected Kawhi Leonard and Jimmy Butler. Now, I'm not saying that that would have somehow – kept Kawhi in the squad. I'm not even saying that we would have kept both of them, Kawhi and Jimmy, because, I mean, we, we see what kind of personalities that they have. Um, they're definitely uh, vagabonds, right? Mm-hmm. But what I am saying is, hey, we probably would have been put in a better position as far as um, trade-wise and, and certainly had some better assets, uh, either as a player or draft picks, um, had we had we traded or or, or, or did something with with either of them. So all I'm saying is, look, I mean, whenever I see Lucas Samanich, 
I see him as a lost opportunity. I I see it as someone that we definitely probably could have selected in the second round, um, right. for sure. If that's if that's really where we're going, uh, he was a 19th pick in the 2019 draft. I think some of the players that were selected after him were looking at Claxton, Nick Claxton from the Nets, uh, yep. Taylor Horton Tucker from the Lakers. Uh, who else? Uh, obviously, yeah, Brandon Clark. But I mean. Right. He's out of the rotation now, the Grizzlies. Oh, but the big one was that I brought up was Matisse Tybel. I mean, we see what a defensive monster he is with the Sixers. And sure, maybe his offense is not um, hasn't yet caught up with his defense. But I think defensively, uh, I mean, he would have disrupted uh, players for sure. And I would have loved to have seen a backcourt of Dejounte, Matisse, and uh, starting lineup with 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 Derek. And right. seeing that three-headed monster go at go at it to where they would have been able to lock down some players. So that's what I see. So when, whenever you see me criticizing Luca, it's not necessarily Luca the player because yeah, I mean maybe maybe this year he does go off and, and prove me wrong. I hope he does. But essentially, what I what my 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 groaning is more about the missed opportunity of hey, we mm-hmm. could have had X, Y, and Z, and this goes back to the Corey Joseph effect. Right. Yeah, the, the Spurs have had their fair share of missed opportunities, um, uh, aside from the ones you highlighted. Uh, remember back in the day, Josh Howard? Uh, I think the um, yes. R.C. Oh, Buford, yeah. Yeah, R.C. Buford came out years afterwards saying that he should have listened to Tim Duncan and drafted Howard. And he said that that is something that he will go to his grave about is one of his biggest regrets is not getting Howard in that draft. So, yeah, the, the Spurs definitely, um, you know, for, for as much as they have had home runs, they definitely had a lot of whiffs and strikeouts at the draft. Hey, but you know what? Uh, if you want to hear about, or at least read about more of what Danny has to say, make sure to follow him on Twitter at Danny Sanders 80, do it right now. Cause, and by the way, before you do that, you know, make sure you walk, walk it like, and talk it like it. Cause Danny definitely likes to walk it and talk it. Um, let's dive into this. So, so usually on these fan episodes, we, we, we get a pulse of the fan, but as mentioned earlier, you know, you, you, you got a hold of me and say like, Hey, you know, something I want to talk about, Jeff, and I think fans will have a good reaction to. And that is uh, Popovich, Keldon Johnson, and Lonnie Walker. So just a quick uh, update, everybody, or at least a brief fast. So basically, you know, Keldon Johnson with the Team USA Select Team. Popovich was asked recently uh, during a conference call hosted by Team USA about K- uh, KJ with that, you know, Pop's going to see the usual stuff, all boost of confidence, playing against some of the best players, you know, um, you know, all that good stuff, you know, but the confidence word kind of rung a bell with Danny and it, it linked him to Lonnie Walker. Danny, tell us exactly what your your thought is here. What is this thing that you mentioned to me? There is a Keldon pop thing that maybe you don't see with uh, Lonnie Walker. So here's my theory, Jeff. And and whenever you posted the, um, the, the link to that interview, I mean, literally, you posted it. I think you messaged it over to me, and yeah. I mean the, the the light bulb just kind of popped up over my head because um, let me kind of take us back uh, what a year or two ago, whenever Derek was on the De- Derek White was on the select team, we saw just the bolster of confidence that that instilled in Derek because that was really the biggest complaint, right? The biggest complaint the first year and a half or two that Derek was actually getting minutes and opportunity was hey. This guy is really good. He's really good. He's athletic. He, he mm-hmm. can handle the ball. He can shoot the ball. He can get to the rim. We saw him explode in that one game against Denver in the playoffs where I think he went for like 36 points. 
so we saw the potential there, but it just wasn't it wasn't consistent. But then mm-hmm. whenever we saw him go in the select team and uh, come back the year after, the consistency finally appeared. And I mean, he 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 was he was the Derek we know now. Now, of course, I think if if you followed me or heard me long enough, uh, you know that my one gripe with Derek, and I mean, all. Uh, what's the biggest ability that we look for whenever we're looking for players? It's availability. Mm-hmm. Derek has not been available. He's he's injury prone. I've, I've sometimes referred to him as the Sean Lee of the Spurs because <laughs> with Sean Lee, I mean, he was amazing with the Cowboys the first two or three years, but he can never stay healthy. Same thing with Derek, unfortunately. He can never stay healthy. He can never just go through a full season. It seems like at least once every, what, six to eight weeks, something right. happens. His foot, his toe, his arm, his, I mean, his ankle uh, uh, to end this, this last year is what uh, what, 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 what had um, uh, sidelined him to end of mm-hmm. the year. But at least what we, can, what we can see with Derek is, hey, that time with the team, with the, the, the USA team select, um, where, he, where he was mm-hmm. on the practice squad, essentially, right. that instilled a ton of confidence in him. And he basically uh, gleaned from that, hey, I belong here. And I think that was really the biggest thing with Derek uh, before that was I don't think he really believed he belonged. I mean, I think we can even remember back whenever, uh, before his time with Colorado, he started, I think he started school at a culinary institute, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did, yeah. (laughs) That was the only place that gave him a scholarship, uh, supposedly. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. You can track all the action over at BetOnline. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. So before the next pitch, head on over to BetOnline on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest info. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs. Head to the website right now or use your mobile device to sign up today and get yourself a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook expert. Use promo code Locked On. Yeah, so, I mean, I can get why maybe he didn't necessarily think he belonged in the beginning whenever you had that kind of small beginning. But, I mean, he definitely proved a lot of people wrong um, uh, over the last couple years. So I wanted to bring that up because, look, here we are now. Pops the coach. You know he has some type of power whenever it comes to at least tapping who's on this practice squad, right? So, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he had a say with Derek. And it, 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 this is what really sparked the, the, the theory within me. He posted that interview. He talked about Keldon. He talked about how I mean, he hopes it instills in confidence in Keldon. Yeah. We all know, okay, we all know as Spurs fans, Keldon does not lack for confidence at all. No. He does not lack for confidence. If anything, I think I've mentioned before on another podcast, if another player that we do know lacks confidence, if he had that confidence that Keldon has, he would be incredible. He would, mm-hmm. he would be maybe top 20 in the NBA right now, um, and that's Lonnie Walker. So here's my theory, and this is what, what I had posted yesterday as far as pop playing chess in this one. And I think it kind of goes a, a couple of ways in that, hey, knowing Pop's the coach, knowing he has uh, some type of say in who's on this select squad, it would not um, 
it would not be a surprise to me if Pop was kind of giving Lonnie a little bit of incentive, a little bit of um, uh, a little bit of motivation, and saying, right. "Hey, you know what? Uh, rather than selecting you for this practice squad, where I know that you you probably would have uh, excelled in and, and done mm-hmm. really well in." Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna select a teammate of yours that does not need confidence at all, but I think will still thrive and and benefit. Um, I think yeah, even though Keldon doesn't need confidence at all, anytime you're able to get and play with the world's best 20 players, you're gonna be better. You're gonna yeah. feel better about yourself. You're gonna perform better. You're going to elevate your game accordingly. So yeah, I expect big things from Keldon next year. Um, I think I had mentioned. Um, before that this past year was a revelation as far as just seeing what he's capable of, of, of doing and being. I think towards the end it waned a little bit because of that consistency. His outside mm-hmm. shot definitely needs some work and just um, his ability to break players down off the dribble. Uh, but, I mean, he, he gets with he gets to the rim with impunity. I mean, he, 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 yeah, he, he just, really does. He has yeah. his ability to just get to the rim, rebound. Um, he's fearless whenever it comes to that. So, I mean, he has a, a, a tireless um, uh, motor. I mean, he, he's, his work ethic is off the off the charts. So in that regard, I think that we can expect some big things from Keldon. But I think we mentioned even in the last podcast we did, it's a big, big year for Lonnie. Big year for Lonnie coming in. I think anyone who's heard me or followed me on Twitter knows what a huge Lonnie apologist I, I am. Mm-hmm. So um, I think, all right, I think, this is kind of Pop's way of saying, hey, you know what? If you want it, all right, this this is this is your time to go and get it. This is your time, this, this is your off-season to go and prove that this is what you really want and that you really want to be on this team and that you really want to lead this team back to where we want to be. And you're the type of player that can do that, but you have to really want it. And yeah. I think it's one of those chess moves that Pop's done in the past we all know he's done these these things in the past, whether whether he's admitted it or not. I think he's done this with playing time with different players. If you look mm-hmm. back in the past, I think Steven Jackson admitted it as much back whenever he first yeah, found it. I remember that. Back in, I think, yeah. That first year, he barely played. I think admit, I can remember a Admit Ginobili is better than you, Steven Jackson. I think that's what it was. Exactly, yeah. Stuff like that to where, I mean, he pulls it out. And, I mean, we find out about it after the fact. But he does. I mean, there there's certain mind games he'll he'll play with. with he'll, he'll he'll kind of play with certain players. But I think that's that's kind of the beauty of Pop. And I've said this before. I think X's and O's. There's probably some better coaches out there than Pop. But I think whenever it comes to connecting with certain players, no, I mean Kawhi excluded. Because I, I think at this point there's no one that can really can really connect with them. I mean, I think the Clippers will. We'll kind of concede that position now. Mm-hmm. Um, but whenever it comes to connecting with players and being able to pull the best out of them, Pop really is a genius at that. He, he's able to connect with the players and have the players love him and want to work hard for him and, and, and do things for him that they wouldn't otherwise do for other coaches because of what he does. I mean, he right. asks about their family. He wants to have all these these intimate dinners and go out and have wine and, I mean, just make it more about life and, and, and family than basketball. Um, I'm surprised there hasn't been a meme yet about uh, Pop and Dom, Dom Toretto about the family deal. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can start it then. Might as well start it. Yeah, you can be the originator. Hey, I want to I circle back on something about, uh, about Lonnie Walker, though. 
because you know since he's become a spur okay fine maybe you gave him a benefit of being the rookie and then of course getting injured but since he started seeing more time with the uh, big club you've you've heard popovich use tactics on him remember that one game he had an incredible outing and then following like right after the game he tells the media i didn't see any competitive fire in him or something to that effect you know and everybody was yeah. looking around like huh what you know like we just saw him play great for a young kid I, you know that was early in his career uh, you even fast forward to last season and uh, you know pop always talking about how lonnie needs to play like he belongs this is you're not the first one to bring this up pop has said it too danny so um there's that and look lonnie has admitted to myself to me excuse me uh when i've been able to talk to him saying yeah jeff i know i'm inconsistent i need to get better at that now kudos to him he got a little bit more inconsistent last year but there is still more inconsistency than consistency so there is something between the uh in my opinion between the ears that i think needs to go maybe it's a heart thing like play like you belong lonnie you know we know you have the physical tools to do it just do it uh but another motivator factor for him is he's coming up and where the Spurs got to make a decision, you know, regarding his uh, contract. I, I think his um, the, the team has a team option on deck. And if that does, and normally well, young players usually get signed right away. We saw that with DeJounte, the Spurs pick up their, 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 uh, their option on them. We saw that with Keldon and we saw that with Derek. Derek got a freaking extension. We haven't seen that from we haven't seen it from the Spurs to Lonnie yet, and I get it. It's still early in the offseason. It could be soon, but you couple what you mentioned, KJ getting the nod. You got a possible contract deal on the table, team option. But I mean, what more motivation does he need, uh, Danny? No, you're right about that. That's a good point. And what I'll what I'll what I'll point you to is this, and I think it's something that we can probably see as a pattern. Uh, of the Spurs front office, I would say the, the, probably the last four or five years, um, they are uh, prone to wait and, and, and maybe wait a little bit too long. Uh, if you think back even to whenever Kawhi got his first extension, if I remember that, mm-hmm. remember he was eligible for the extension, I think uh, it was 2014, if I'm not mistaken, maybe 20, mm-hmm. I think it was 2014, and they they deferred a year. And, and, and there was a little bit of controversy at the point at that time because they were just coming off the, the finals. He won the um, he had won the MVP, mm-hmm. uh, of course, in the finals, and they didn't sign it or he didn't agree. I'm sorry, let me see. They 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 didn't do anything until the following year. And if mm-hmm. I remember, everything kind of came together with Lamarcus right. to to to, to um, unload a lot of uh, uh, salary by trading Tiago, cutting. Uh, Corey and, and some some other guys, but they extended him the following year in 2015, and there was a little bit of room, like just a, a little bit of hubbub as, as as to whether he was he felt slighted, maybe he felt a little bit miffed that they would even wait an additional right. year. But of course, again with Kawhi, you never really know. Built Bar, guess what? They got a limited time flavor. Built Grasshopper Cookie, yeah. It's pretty cool, huh? But it's only available this week, uh, July 6th through the 9th. Uh, to get the new flavor, at just go to Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com. Grasshopper cookie. But hey, you have the freedom of choice. They have nine delicious flavors, including coconut, raspberry, mint brownie, strawberry, orange. The list goes on and on. There's something for everyone. Uh, look, 
we're passionate about Bill Barnes. I'm going through boxes of them. I'm going through my box right now of grasshopper cookies. You should get yourself a box as well. And if you can't decide which favorite flavor you want, well, you can get a mix box where you'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Not only are Built Bar flavors the best tasting around, they're also healthy for you. Uh, 17 to 18 grams of protein, calories ranging from 130 to 180, only 4 to 5 grams of sugar, and only 4 to 5 grams of net carbs. Amazing flavors, all tasty, all healthy. Order today. Get yourself that grasshopper cookie or raspberry or whatever you like. Hey, and guess what? Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. Huh, isn't that pretty cool? Go to Built.com. Use promo code Locked On and get yourself 15% off your order. That's promo code Locked On for 15% off at Built.com. But I'll I'll point it I'll I'll point out that example. But also fast forward a couple years with Dejounte, right? He had he signed his extension last year, uh, and I think I want to say it was like maybe what like a couple of days. Maybe a couple of weeks mm-hmm. before the, the um, before the season opener. Uh, I think it was right around the time whenever he came out with New Balance stuff. But um, it seems as if that they kind of just wait to to see what else is going to be in the offing. And I think I'm I'm not I'm not totally surprised that they haven't done anything with Lonnie yet because of course they have a boatload of cap space. Um, only they know at this point what their plans are. I think there's been some some players thrown out like John Collins and Laurie yeah. Markkinen. I'm really hoping that they don't go after Laurie Markkinen. John Collins, I can maybe see it. I just don't think that Collins is going to leave Atlanta for the Spurs. I just can't mm-hmm. see that, especially after that uh, historic run that, that they had this had, year. Yeah. I, just don't, yeah. I, I think that young nucleus, they're too tight, and I think what's going to happen is even if the Spurs were to throw some cash at them, I think Trey Young's going to probably get in it and John Collins here and say, hey, we have something really special here. We can really build something. Maybe if you're willing to take a little less, maybe down the line they'll give you more kind of thing. And I think that that's going to dissuade, that that's going to dissuade him from mm-hmm. leaving. Um, I think yeah. he's young enough to really still be impressionable to the point where he's not going to want to leave that market for a market like ours. But yeah, I'm, I'm not. I'm not totally shocked that they haven't done anything with Lonnie yet. But again, um, it's a chess move, right? Because especially like we're talking about with Lonnie, a lot of it is between the ears. And I'm not going to psychoanalyze Lonnie's background or anything or uh, where he comes from. But let's let, let's talk about this. The 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 big the big issue with Lonnie again, yeah, the the inconsistency. But also, he defers a lot whenever he shouldn't be deferring. And to mm. me. All right, and, and I'm not not wanting to rehash the argument of whether we need to bring back Demar or not, but it seemed like he deferred too much to Demar, especially because whenever they were on the floor together, there was a lot of opportunity for him to break somebody down off the dribble, take his own shot. But it seemed like he would just defer to Demar, and there was those games where either Demar wasn't playing or wasn't playing as much, or maybe he was in foul trouble or something, to where Lonnie had more opportunity and he kind of showed more what he had. But he just defers too much. And I think, yep. again, he had that same problem that Derek had in the beginning where I think even though he has shown sparks of brilliance to where he, I mean, <laughs> certainly certainly the athletic ability, the, the ability right. to, 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 just to carry us in games, I'll always remember Lonnie for that Houston game, right? That, Absolutely. That, the Lonnie yeah. game from, from that he brought us back and had that, uh, I think, 31 or 32 points. 
Mm-hmm. Um, that that that's always like that. That seems to be like the the pinnacle of his career so far. But I think that I mean he can do so much more if he just stops yeah. deferring. And I, I, yeah, yeah, that that always seems to be the argument of hey, right. should we go full youth youth explosion or still keep some vets? I'm not against keeping vets. Just let the young guys have more usage, have more have mm-hmm. more control of what's going on in the offense. And don't defer so much to whoever or whatever vets we have. We're talking with Danny Sanders, a, a longtime Spurs fan who's joined this episode or fan episode of Locked On Spurs. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at Danny Sanders eighty. Uh, Danny, we, we're we're talking about Lonnie right now, and uh, you're right. You you got that pinnacle game, you know, versus Houston, where we saw what he can do. And then you look at what he's done since then, again, up and down, up and down. Sure, you know, when DeMar was out last season for a few games due to personal reasons, we saw him shine. Uh, he had what those back-to-back 20-something games. Uh, we saw that not once, but twice whenever uh, a DeMar was, was out or if a player was out and he stepped in. Uh, there, there, you mentioned about you're not against having veterans coming back. For me, there's a part of me that says, I don't want them back because I think they need to cut the training wheels off already. I think they need to cut them off and let them learn, you know, because Ilani definitely deferred, but you saw a lot of deferring as well late in games, late in last season. Um, Rudy Gay was the leader uh, in that playing tournament, at least scoring wise, you know, the, he was the one that showed up, you know, I would have loved to have seen KJ step up in a game like that or Ilani, uh, but it, alas, it didn't happen. But then you got KJ. Do you think Lonnie sees KJ and his rapid rise right now in the NBA? And he looks, man, you know, I mean, look, I, I'm pretty sure there's no jealousy between them, but you know, they're professional athletes and they're competitive. You know, you would think seeing KJ do his thing would light a fire for Lonnie as well, Danny. Absolutely. I hope it does. And I mean, like you said, not, not necessarily in a, in a, in a jealous kind of way or a spiteful kind of way, where it's like, I mean, where, where he gets angry at Keldon, yeah, right. But more like, hey, I mean, what am I doing? Why, why, why am I not getting the same shine? And it, again, it, it kind of goes back to what I mentioned a few moments ago, as far as Pop playing chess with him, uh, in terms of that that uh, that select team. Uh, I'm sure in the back of his mind, okay, I'm, I'm sure. I mean, whether he would admit it or say it or not, he sees that relationship that Keldon has now with Pop. And Keldon, Keldon, with the ability to go and um, the opportunity to go and play with uh, the Team USA, mm-hmm. and he, I'm sure, I'm sure he wishes that was him. I mean, who wouldn't, right? I mean, anybody in that position, they'd want to have that same opportunity. And again, I mean, I'm sure he probably said, like, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm happy for Keldon. I mean, he's going to go do his thing. But somewhere in the back of his mind, he has to think, hey, that could have been me, or why can't that be me? And yeah. I hope that. At some point, he's um, he's there in an empty gym uh, at some point this summer uh, while he's working out, trying to improve his game, and he uses that as fire and motivation to be better and to become better and to co- overcome whatever roadblocks he has in in um, in uh, just the the, the yeah. gaps in his game. Cause it's really, yeah. what it's about. I mean, I think I think some other some other members of Spurs Twitter have said that has mentioned that. Hey, I mean. A lot of the improvement that players make is going to be in the off season. We've kind of had this argument before of, hey, I mean, um, do, does does Austin really benefit the Spurs or does it benefit mm-hmm. the player? And 
I mean, I think a lot of people know my take on that is, I mean, I'm kind of tired of that whole that whole Austin deal. Whenever we send good players, some of our higher draft picks to Austin to develop, like, hey, I mean, they can develop here. They can they can develop right. here in practice and 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 get some get some meaningful minutes and meaningful opportunity during actual NBA games rather than sending them to Austin. Um, now. Uh, I I I certainly hope that Lonnie, yeah, that he, he he uses that motivation and that fire to 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 stir something up and say, you know what, this is going to be my fourth season now. Um, I'm I I'm I'm in this league. I've proven I belong in this league. But now it's time for me to elevate my game and actually not only prove I belong in the league, but prove that I'm a difference maker and I can lead this team back to what we all wanted to see. Should all, anybody all should. Should Spurs fans or yourself, you know, get your your thought, and maybe we'll get a little bit of a fan uh, pulse right now. Should you fans, whoever, be surprised if Lonnie gets dealt this offseason? Uh no, no, and, and that that's kind of the painful thing uh, again, because yeah. again, I mean, I'm I'm a huge Lonnie Walker fan. Uh, he, he's been my favorite Spur ever since he was drafted, essentially. Um, but no, we should not be surprised. And um, I think whenever the whole Ben Simmons deal uh, first started to pop up a few weeks ago after mm-hmm. Sixers were ousted out of the playoffs and Ben Simmons had that horrible performance and there was talks about, oh, he could be available and maybe the Spurs could go after him. The first thing I thought of is, hey, I mean, if the Spurs were to go after him, uh, I think DeMar would definitely be the centerpiece of a, of, a, of a trade because of salaries, obviously, and for what the Sixers would need. But I have no doubt no doubt that Lonnie would be a part of that package. First off, because we all know the Spurs' history, right? Um, and any type of trade that they do make in the <laughs> in the infrequent times they make trades, they always want to make make it so accommodating for the players, unless you're Kawhi Leonard, which, I mean, <laughs> they sent them essentially yeah. to Siberia as opposed to whenever he wanted to go to L.A. But I could definitely see them packaging Lonnie with whoever – to go to the Sixers because Lonnie's right up the road. He, he, he's from mm-hmm. Reading, Pennsylvania. Uh, that's that's his home state. Uh, he'd be essentially going back home. So, yeah, I could definitely see that happening. I could definitely see that happening because, again, just his inconsistency. But also, again, because he's shown those sparks of brilliance, other teams see that. I think there was one, there was, there was one game... Uh, it was either this past year or the year before. I think I want to say the year before because it was a TNT game, and we didn't have many games on TNT this year. I think it was only one against the Rockets, and we got blown out in that one. But right. it was two years ago. It was two years ago, we played in L.A. Uh, Lonnie was playing really, really well. And I think I want to say during that during that telecast, there was a mention that someone in the Lakers had really – um, complimented Lonnie and said, hey, I mean, I, I don't know why this guy's not getting more time. He, he's a really good player. Other teams see that. Other teams, I mean, just, just like I hope the Spurs front office, that they're scouting other other players and other teams also, other teams see what potential he has and, and how he can be one of the top two guards in the NBA and how his, mm-hmm. his athleticism is off off the charts. Other teams see his ability and his potential, and they, they, they want to be able to tap into that. And I think um, <laughs> this is a this might be a, a a topic for another podcast. But is the Spurs system broken as far as the way we do things? Yeah. As far as the way we develop players, as far as the way that players are expected to play whenever they come here, 
just a really quick snippet, um, and it, it, it's something you had posted not too long ago. Uh, whenever when I was researching something um, the other day, I, I came across it. But remember, whenever Robert Ori a couple years ago, he had said that whenever players play here, mm-hmm. they kind of have to dumb down their game. Remember? I that? remember that. Yes, I remember that. So, so whenever I say, "Hey, is the system broken?" Yeah, dumb down their game because. Um, Whenever you come here, it's all about the the, the basics, all about the fundamentals, about, about how you're gonna how you're gonna uh, cut and how you're gonna set a screen and dribble. But there's very it's very rigid. It's very rigid. I think I think the players that have left here, and even even players that have stayed here, and kind of talked about it afterwards. I think even Boris has mentioned this. For the most part, I mean these plays, the the the, the way we play. Um, can be very rigid. I mean, there's not a lot of creativity a lot of times. I think for the most part, really the only player that Pop really allowed to be creative was Manu. And because, mm-hmm. I mean, that's because Manu was Manu. I mean, Manu could not be uh, reined in. I mean, he, he he was a thoroughbred. He was a, a stallion out there, right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you, I think to try to rein him in would be to... Um, to take away from his game, and he wouldn't have been the player that he that he could that he, that he 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 could have been, or that he right. was. Um, but that that was really the only player that Pop really did that with. There's not a lot of creativity to the way that we do things whenever it comes to the Spurs offense, with the exception of that one year, 2014, we had the beautiful game. But even then, I mean, I think a lot of the beautiful game aspects it was orchestrated. It was just the the chemistry and the way yeah. that that team. Just bonded and, and grew together and knew each other, knew each other's uh, moves. I mean, it was it was so well choreographed to where, yeah. I mean, it, it looked so beautiful, but I mean, there was a, a method to the madness there. But um, yeah, I mean, that that's what I'll say in in, in terms of uh, your your original question was, should we be surprised that Lonnie was, would be traded? No, I, yeah. I wouldn't be. I would be. I would be very sad because obviously I think Alani is a great guy, does a lot for the community. But at the same end, um, if we are all wanting the Spurs to be as bold as I think a lot of us are wanting them to be, um, no, it wouldn't surprise me. Right. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm right there. Sad, but, yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. You know, I, I've been, you know, on this show being like, no, they, they got to get aggressive. They got to get bold because unless they're going to build through the draft and that being the way they did back in the Tim Duncan era, getting a number one pick, not just once, but twice David Robinson uh, previously, then, you know, getting, then you have your franchise player to build around. And then that's where Tony came in drafting smart and Manu, a nice gem found late in the draft. Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. I mean, to me, that's the blueprint because you know this. Everybody knows this is tuning in. You know, historically, big name free agents don't come here. Historically, LMA was the last one. Yeah, and Spider Man the only one. Yeah. So, you know, either they're going to go that route, which means tanking, or you know, pl- getting aggressive. But we're paying for free agents to get here to San Antonio, etc. Yeah, there, there's so much to impact. But as far as Lonnie Walker and Kelton Johnson, we should see how that pair continues their growth in San Antonio. And if Lonnie will see KJ's early success, Team USA Select, as a spark for him moving forward. Hey, we're running out of time, Danny. Just want to get your quick thoughts here. Uh, speaking of Kelton Johnson, uh, he spoke uh, with media recently, and he said that he's working on three things. Shooting, obviously. We know that. Ball handling and decision-making. 
Yeah, apparently that's what the Spurs told him to work out on uh, during the offseason slash Team USA. What does that tell you? What does that tell you? What the Spurs are looking at him to do next season? I think it tells me that they want him to be more of a primary ball handler and initiator mm-hmm. in the offense. I think that especially with his ability to grab the rebounds, right, um, I think he can maybe be like a, da- a, a Draymond Green light for us, not, ne- mm-hmm. not necessarily on the defensive end. I mean, uh, I think Draymond's a, a generational player on the defensive end. But the way Draymond's able to grab the boards and then just start the offense, uh, dribble up court, initiate the offense that way, I think if Kelvin can do that, I think if Kelvin can grab, grab a defensive rebound and go up court and not have to wait for DeJounte or Derek or DeMar, in this, in this case, not knowing what's going to happen with him next year, but I think if he can initiate that and go upstream and start to go up up up, up court, yeah. uh, that could help our offense tremendously because we can get some easy buckets. But definitely on the shooting end, I think I want to say like the last probably what 25, 30 games especially uh, for this year, we saw a dip in Keldon's performance because of his inability to just consistently hit the outside shot. I think players right. kind of tactate with him. Uh, they 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 really saw what his tendencies were. And they knew, hey, I mean, he's going to definitely try to um, to penetrate and get to the get 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 to the basket. If we can pack the paint and keep him out of the keep him out of that uh, that center circle, um, we'll let him shoot. And yeah, sometimes he did shoot well. And I was actually surprised uh, at, at how well he shot the three this year. I think he really mm-hmm. improved that. If he can improve it even more, and then also um, improve his mid range mid range game. I think he's going to be a monster. I really do. I, I have high hopes for him this year. And, again, we, we kind of uh, spoke about that as far as his, his place on Team USA, that select team. I think that will help him tremendously just to be around players uh, that are better than him and that will push him. And uh, he'll definitely get a vision of what kind of player he can be. Absolutely. Uh, hey, everybody, we're done talking. We want to hear from you. What do you think about uh, Danny's comments regarding Lonnie and Keldon? And, you know, does Lonnie need to um, light a fire under his butt? Right. Remember the old Tim, Dave Robinson uh, era? Not comparing L- 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 Lonnie to David, but remember whenever he's like, oh, we need to light a fire under David. You know, David's too passive. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah remember those days? Yeah. It's, it's very eerily remember, similar. Yeah. Just, just, Go ahead. Just real quick. You remember, yeah. like, that whole time whenever, whenever David was peak David, right? Winning the MVP and everything. But there was always that that saying of, hey, if David could only be like Charles Barkley, if he could only have his confidence or his air, he would be unstoppable. And yeah, I mean, I agree. Like, I mean, Charles was like six foot four, and he was right. known as a mound round of rebound. I mean, he I mean, he, he was a terror out there. Yeah, if David had that kind of personality with David's game and his physical presence, he would have been like the top five player of all time. Um, right. But that just, yeah. that wasn't David. Yeah, that definitely wasn't David. But hopefully Lonnie will get better next season and we light a fire under his, uh, you know what, where he can just show out nightly, daily, no more inconsistency and make Danny very, very happy and be prophetic right here on Locked On Spurs. Do it, Lonnie. Uh, We believe in you. Do it. Exactly. Danny, tell everybody how they can (laughs) chat with you. Uh, you can chat with me on, uh, on on Twitter. First Twitter, I'm always there at Danny Sanders eighty. Uh, I'd love to to, to, to debate and uh, make people that laugh. You so, yeah, I, that I, you I do. Yeah, that you do. Yeah, exactly. Beware, beware. 
nah, he's a good guy, uh, Danny. You definitely give him a follow out on social media world. Uh, hey, you know, uh, you know, we were talking about the uh, present Spurs, Lonnie and Keldon. What about the future? Well, that's the mock draft that's coming up very soon. And starting on July 19th, the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 presented by Locked On and Odyssey is coming to you. Featuring analysis from Chad Ford, Odyssey NBA experts Brian Scalabrini, former GM Ryan McDonough. Look, the Locked On NBA local experts will make selections and trades for your favorite basketball teams throughout this week-long special event. Search the Ultimate Mock Draft 2021 on the new Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. Odyssey is your home for all the sports, podcasts, music, and news that matters to you. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. And subscribe to Locked On Spurs on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your favorite podcast. So for Dr. Danny Sanders, by the way, you, somebody did question us whether, well, no, question me if it was true you were a doctor. You, you technically are. I saw that. Yeah. The audacity. They, they listen to the first episode we had. They would have yeah. known right away. They would have known right away. See, see, go back and search for uh, Danny's uh, debut right here on Los. So for Dr. Danny Sanders, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Locked on Spurs.